and welcome to The Reading Ramble, the regular podcast by Lancashire Libraries. In this episode of the podcast, ahead of the announcement of this year's Lancashire Book of the Year winner on Friday the 15th of October, we're looking back at last year's winner, Samuel Pollan, who won with his book, The Year I Didn't Eat. If you don't already know or haven't listened to our previous Elboy podcast, Lancashire Book of the Year is an annual award for young adult fiction, now in its 35th year. The award is judged by young people in schools across Lancashire, and previous winners have included hugely successful authors such as Philip Pullman, Brian Jacks, Anthony Horowitz, Jean Yeur, Robin Jarvis, Melvin Burgess, uh, Mallory Blackman, Robert Muchamore, Holly Bourne and Sarah Crossan. This year's fantastic shortlist is available to see on our website and on our library catalogue, and we'll link to this in the social media posts sharing this episode. We can't wait to share the announcement of this year's winner with you. So, back to this episode. You're about to listen to an interview that we conducted with Samuel last year, soon after he was announced as the winner. I hope you enjoy the interview, and please do keep an eye on our social media, at Lanks Libraries, to find out who is the successor to Samuel and winner of Lancashire Book of the Year 2021. Hello, and thank you for joining us today uh, for this extremely exciting opportunity to talk to the winner of Lancashire Book of the Year 2020, the author of The Year I Didn't Eat, um, who has been published by Zuntold. It's Samuel Pollan. Hello, how's it going? Hi, yeah, good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Can't complain. Excellent. Well, I can complain. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but in, in the context, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It uh, seems to be the standard way to start these things, but um, how's your 2020 been? How's lockdown been? How's it been coming out of lockdown and then going back in? Yeah, it's, um, I, I mean, I'm relatively fortunate in that I do a job that I can do from home and sort of been able to carry on living my life reasonably normally in, in that context, but it's just boring, isn't it? I mean, the best case for anyone this year has been it's quite boring um, and you're kind of very over it. Uh, so yeah, fine. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I was going to start by asking you about was um, sort of recognition and obviously your book has won Lancashire Book of the Year this year um, obviously working from home you don't get as much uh, sort of like slaps on the back kind of thing from your peers and um, that kind of um, recognition from, from your colleagues and things I was going to ask you about personal achievements so winning Lancashire Book of the Year getting um, that recognition from young people in this instance but also from your peers such as um, I noticed that Mallory Blackman tweeted you after after you won to sort of offer congratulations and she's a another former winner of um, Lancashire Book of the Year. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what it's like to get that kind of mixture of recognition from young people and also from peers? Yeah it's, it's very strange I think probably lots of I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience, I suspect I'm probably speaking for other writers as well, in that I am a strange mixture of very vain and like thinking I deserve praise for everything I've done, you know, and also pretty shy, right? I'm kind of, I was a bookish person at school and, you know, that's, that's definitely carried on in my life. I'm not naturally someone who, you know, lots of, you know, uh, I think people become writers partly because they can just sit at a desk <laughs> and do that and they don't have to talk to anybody so it's so it's strange just from from that point of view um and obviously particularly social media has, has changed that a bit because you can have these conversations that you, that don't don't uh have a slightly different tone and, and a slightly different feel to kind of you know, talking to people in real life um i think that 
yeah, getting recognition is obviously super lovely. It's this recognition is particularly lovely because it's coming from, you know, my readers, young people. Um, but I think the the writing community is really supportive, and and authors tend to, you know, it's not it's in some ways they're competing with each other. I guess right in that you know I can choose one book or another to read, but it never feels like that if you're a writer. Um, everyone is mutually supportive, and obviously not some people have millions of readers and some people don't but there's no sense of hierarchy really when you talk to other writers it's very much people um celebrating reading and celebrating you know books that are written for all kinds of audiences yeah um it, it's nice to see isn't it it's nice to have that especially at a time like this that to have people in on the internet as it, it, it mostly is now that we're at home that um celebrate with you and it can spread things a bit further afield. Yeah, I mean, the, the internet, you know, it's, it can make us all more lonely or, or a lot less lonely. And I think this year has been um, a year where we've obviously lacked other options. And, <laughs> and therefore, those connections that, you know, lots of us make on, online of all sorts have really come into their own um, and have been a key part of people's, you know, support and, and kind of happiness and entertainment and all sorts of things throughout the past however long it's been now nine months yeah um can you tell us a bit about why you decided to write uh, this book in particular and if you always intended to write it as a young adult novel yeah um, and i guess there's kind of two answers to that one of the simplest one is i am i'm a writer so my day job is as a copywriter i write things for companies websites and things like that um so it's something that i knew i was okay at and enjoyed doing as a as a vacation so writing books was a kind of natural thing to do right because it was a as a way that i could do something that was a bit more personal to me but still using those same core skills um i wrote this book i mean i think every every kind of every writer and particularly when you're writing for young people but also just every writer i know thinks a lot about what they can write where they have something to say that hasn't been said by someone else um and that is you know in my case that's obviously a very personal thing because that was having this experience of having had an eating disorder and wanting to write something that um spoke to people who'd been through something like that or knew people who'd been through something like that but more generally i think every writer is trying to be you know, what can i no one wants to I mean, I'm sure some people do for, for narrow commercial reasons, but basically no one wants to write a book that someone else has already written, right? They want to write something that is uh, adding something new to the world um, and speaking to an audience that haven't been spoken to before or, or provoking a different thought for them, you know, making people see things in a new way. Um, so that was kind of a big motivation for writing this story in particular. Um, I also feel like, you know, there's obviously with mental health things, particularly if you have a personal connection to it, you want to um write a book that you would have liked to have read when you were going through something like that and that was a big part of the motivation specifically for this um you asked about whether i was intend to write young adult um it's funny i i had to do a lot of learning about the different age groups in books <laughs> uh, as i was writing because it's i mean it's it's kind of sort of in the in the us it's like middle grade it's upper middle grade and then here we have it's this kind of kind of young adult or teen depending on who you talk to and it's kind of there's a slightly in-betweeny bit for the age group I was writing for um but no it's it's not like I didn't set out as a writer thinking I'm going to write for young people particularly but obviously given 
um, the topic, I felt like it was a topic that was particularly um, relevant to young people. So honestly, I just wrote about an eating disorder and a, and a young person with an eating disorder, which is the thing that I thought I could authentically incredibly write about. Um, and it and it so happened that person was, you know, 13, 14, um, and that that I wanted to write that book in a way that was relevant to, to, to you know, people, the main character's age and, and people who are the age that I was when I was going through that. So it kind of ended up being a book for that age group, but that was because it was the right way to tell that story rather than because I had this kind of burning desire to write for a particular age group, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense, yeah. Was it the first book you've written? Had you have you got books that are secretly waiting to be released? That, um, <laughs> no, I mean I think everyone who writes has has various half finished and and you know half conceived things in on their on their computer or and in notebooks or whatever. Um, I certainly have that, but it's yeah, it's the first book I've really kind of gone out and tried to write in a concerted way. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the process of getting um, published? like for you yeah it's a it's a strange process and i think um everyone who's coming to it new finds it very slow it's a very like publishing is just a very slow industry um certainly from the experience of you know i'm a, I'm a as i say i'm a copywriter i write things for companies and sometimes i write things that are then public the next day or you know very very soon um after that um and publishing you are often talking about um, even once you finish the book, you are talking about the, a minimum of a year and often two years or more before anyone or anyone publicly reads that, you know, before the book actually exists. Um, so, as you might imagine, I found that process sometimes tedious <laughs> and slow um, and sometimes boring. And sometimes you, you have crunch points within that process, right? Because you're doing edits, you, yeah. you, you normally, you, I'm uh, sorry, I should go back a bit. Generally, you, you write a manuscript, you write a first, a first draft of a book, well, normally it will have gone through multiple drafts of your own, but you know, you turn in the best draft you think you have to an agent and they will say, yes, I'd love to sort of try and try and find a publisher for this. And they will, but they might well do some edit, edits with you. And I certainly with my agent um, went through an editorial process with her, so did another draft for her. And then it goes out to editors and then if some if someone wants to publish it you then go through that process maybe twice more so <laughs> there's a lot of writing the the book over and over again and particularly as i'm someone i'm very controversial thing to say in the book world but i don't reread books i'm not really a rereader i tend to just read something new and that's not because i don't love the books i've read that's just because i feel like there's so many books i want to go on to the next one um so rereading my own work which um, you know, you're always very, well, I, I certainly am very critical of things I've written in the past. And I think, again, lots lots of writers are, um, is a horrible experience. And you have to do it like five times <laughs> when you write a book. You have to read it back and, and be annoyed by things and, and change them. And, and that's, there's a lot of work in that. Um, but it's also a really exciting process, right? Because it's really gratifying because obviously, um, you know, people want to publish it and people want to yeah. tell the story and people are, you know, your editors are, hopefully getting in touch and saying they really like bits bits that you've added and things you've changed. Um, and then you get early readers, you know, people who you're hoping will review it or kind of give you quotes and, and say things about it. And, and they often say really nice things about it. And that's, you know, a new experience for a debut writer. You've not, you've 
often been working on this thing for years on your own and you haven't shared anything with anyone else and then suddenly there are people telling you what they think of it yeah. which is a lovely experience um normally <laughs> i mean people say bad things too um but mostly you know people are very positive um so that's so so, so, so it's a very strange mixture of thrilling and tedious um that extends over years <laughs> to give you a, a positive answer <laughs> yeah that's that's good that's uh, it makes sense i suppose you, you want to make sure that it's the right finished article as well so it's worth yeah, it at the end absolutely you want it to be as good as it can be and i think you you know i, t I talked a little bit about that kind of mixture of ego and vanity and 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 sort of um worry and and you know i mean i think that's that's true of the editorial process right you you accept that um you kind of you're slightly defensive of it initially because it's your thing that you wrote but then you very quickly accept particularly when people say smart things and point out problems with it you go oh yeah that's fair and you want it to be as good as it can be and you accept that you can only get it to a certain level without a second pair of eyes and without other people who are experts in doing that helping you um take it take it further um, when you were a teenager yourself, what were the kind of books and authors that you would read at that age? And have they sort of uh, influenced the way that you write, do you think? Yeah, so so when I was, I think it's probably the, the younger end of, of what was when I was sort of um, just kind of maybe entering teenage years. I'm not quite sure how old I was all the time. It's very always very hard to remember. But I was very into like Brian Jacks and the Red Wall books, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. So sort of fancy books. Um, I then went on a a real strange uh, experience of reading lots of like classics. So I read like the the kind of books that were on my reading list for English class anyway. So I read like um, Thomas Hardy and, and um, Tolstoy and Steinbeck and things like that, which I still which I still love. But I think you know um, was all fiction that isn't particularly for younger people and not that you know anyone should be able to read whatever they want and, and enjoy whatever they want but I definitely I think it was like a self a slight um I was quite a pretentious kid I think <laughs> when I was a young person I was like I am going to go and read Tolstoy um and I enjoyed it and I'm glad I did but also like it was partly a personality thing rather than because that was necessarily the book I would have enjoyed most okay. um, I also read a lot of non-fiction and still read a lot of non-fiction I would say that um maybe more than half of what i read um again a sacrilegious thing to say possibly but no it's not because people should be able to read whatever they want but i re read lots of books about science and and politics and economics and although when i was younger it was mostly science it was particularly biology zoology i ended up doing a zoology degree i was super interested in animals i wanted to work as like a vet or something that didn't transpire but yeah um if you read the year i didn't eat you probably get that like um the central character max is is very into zoology and very into animals and that is somewhat reflective of my own experience so i read so when i was younger i read like doran kindersley books <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. cover to cover about frogs or newts or whatever um and then as i got older there's lots of you know uh long longer books about biology and um evolution and things like that but that was a lot of what i read when i was a teenager okay uh, so you, you mentioned Max and the, the story that like the main topic of, of the book being very close to home. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? And did you find it difficult to write um, some of the sort of passages of the book being sort of semi-autobiographical? 
Yeah, and I, I guess the first thing I'd say there is that Matt, like I obviously based it on my own experience because I wanted to, it to feel true and authentic to to people who've been through things, things like that. But Max's experience isn't my experience. You know, it's fictionalized. Um, and I brought in other other stuff that other people I knew had been through and stuff like that. So he's kind of an amalgam of different experiences. Um, did I find it difficult? So I am lucky enough to have been someone who recovered from an eating disorder a long time ago. Um, and actually one of the motivations for writing the book is because I feel like we have a misconception um, that if you go through something like that, it's always with you and you're always, you're always a, a day away from relapsing. And, you know, like that's, that's how we think about lots of mental health problems, but particularly eating disorders, I think. Um, and that is true, sadly, for some people, but it is also, I think it is important when you're going through something like that to know that lots of other people do recover and, and don't have like ongoing problems with, with something like that. Um, and that was true of me. I was looking at you and so, you know, when I sat down to write this book, it had probably been 15 years since I'd had an eating disorder, really. Um, and that obviously made it easier because it wasn't, there was a not a uh, risk of, um, you know, I did. I wasn't worried about falling back into, you know, maybe disordered eating or, or patterns of behaviour I didn't like. Um, but also, it's trickier because I had to remember it all from a long time ago. And I think that's that is a challenge of anyone writing about mental health, right? Is you need a certain amount of distance to write about it in a way that feels safe for you, um, and that might make it. Um, that means you probably, you know, you get things slightly wrong, or you, you know, you don't, you don't maybe capture every nuance but there are things that are stuck very firmly in my head that I remember from the experience of having an eating disorder and parts of it kind of will uh I don't think the same way but I will always remember thinking that way if that makes sense yeah it does um, so yeah so sorry that was a very garbled answer uh, I so yeah I mean I I it, it was a tricky thing to write because it's it's sad right I feel like I lost couple of years of my life to having gone through an eating disorder and it's sad for me and it's sad for other people I was thinking about other people who've had that and other people who've struggled for much longer um any mental health problem is is you know tragic because people are trying to get on with their lives and this thing gets in the, gets in the way and and I think I had a kind of a, a slight grief for having been through that and having put my family through that and stuff um because you know well it isn't a nice experience um as as comes through clearly in the book and as I think most people know right something like that sucks um, and thinking about something like that also sucks but you know I felt like it was an important thing and 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 there was at the same time I was thinking about the story and how to make it complicated and how to make it interesting and building these characters and all of that stuff's really fun so the overall experience was positive but it's definitely yeah it's definitely a, a strange thing to revisit. Just a couple more questions um is there any advice that you'd give to aspiring writers? Is it do you think it's best to write something that um, you you do have experience of, um, or do you think uh, that's not necessarily? Uh... Yeah, it's it's a. I don't. I do feel strongly that people. You know, the point of fiction is that it takes us outside an experience we've been through. Right. That's why people write books and it, it's, an, it's an exercise in imagination, right? You're writing about something that has never happened. Um, otherwise you would write nonfiction, you would write a memoir or whatever. Um, and you do that because, you know, we, we love stories and we, we love 
characters and we love plots and we love, you know, um, events that happen to people and understanding why they react to what they're going through and how they're going to deal with it and how they're going to overcome challenges and all of the things that happen in a book. Um, that said, I do think that there's, um, there's obviously value um, in writing about something that you know well because you can make it more credible and you can make it more authentic and you can understand the nuances. I also think it's, it's um, you know, when people write historical fiction and things like that, they, they research it in massive amounts of detail and, and, you know, they find out what someone who was living in 16th century Amsterdam ate for breakfast or whatever the scenario is. Um, but then they take most of that away and you wear it very lightly, right? Because actually that stuff, if you, if you just write a book that is all of those facts that you acquired, it becomes a very sort of baggy, uninteresting thing to write, right? Uh, so it's hard to read. Um, so it's really hard, I think, to, particularly when you're writing about uh, something you haven't, you don't, you're not close to, to know what the right level of detail is. Um, because you can just fill it with all of those details that feel like they're um, capturing the world, but actually you're just over explaining the world and, and you're just you bogged down in all of that detail. Um, there's also a separate related thing here, I think, of sensitivity, right? So if you're writing about mental health or, or if you're writing about the experiences of, you know, minority community or kind of different experiences that you may not have been through yourself, I think, again, I think that that's something that potentially anyone can do and people shouldn't feel like there are things that you can never, can never write about. I don't think that's true, but also you have to accept that you are talking about other people's lived experience that isn't your experience. And I think there's a sensitivity and a care that you need to take there. I was writing about, I was writing about something that I'd been through, but even in that case, I was aware that I was writing about, you know, I, I am one person who has been through an eating disorder and other people have had tougher experiences and different experiences. So I was very sensitive about or tried to be very sensitive about that fact and about approaching that in the right way. Uh, and, and finally, um, I think there'll uh, um, be a lot of interest to know, are you writing anything else? Is there anything else on the horizon? Uh, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm kind of noodling with something. I, I, have, to, I have to say I have not, uh, I do, do not have the work ethic where I managed to jog straight into my next book and have it written. So uh, I am, uh, working on something at the moment actually that I, given what we've already said about the kind of editorial and publishing <laughs> process uh, it may be some time until I can tell you anything more about that I'm afraid. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, thanks for having me. And we look forward to seeing uh, what's next and if people haven't read The uh, the Year I Didn't Eat, thoroughly recommend uh, checking it out uh, from Lancashire Libraries or purchasing from of good bookshops. Thanks for listening to The Reading Ramble. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And please do check out the shortlist for Lancashire Book of the Year and look out for the winner announced on Friday the 15th of October. We'll speak to you soon.